Hello friends, Brian Gailey, Clamath Falls News. Welcome to Ask Klamath. If this is your first time checking us out, Ask Klamath is an Ask Me Anything style talk show where we have invited guests like our guest today, Oregon Representative Werner Reschke. Thank you for being here, Werner. Thank you. Great to be here. Uh, in today's show, we're like we're gonna, like I said, we're gonna talk with Werner. We're gonna talk about some uh, some of the issues, some questions that you have for this guy. But before we get there, Damien, roll that intro. Hello, friends. Brian Gailey here, Klamath Falls News. Welcome to Ask Klamath. You're, we're uh, talking today with uh, Oregon Representative E. Warner Reschke, who is the current seat of the District 56. You are up for election this year. Correct. Um, your opponent was actually on the show two weeks ago, so if you didn't check that out, uh, when we're done here, go back over and check out uh, uh, Taylor's interview two weeks ago. It's, a lot of the questions that we're going to ask today are going to be similar to that, so you can get a similar idea of where the two are. So, um, but before we get there, I do want to kind of go over some of your background. You sent me sure. a bio. I do want yeah. to read that for everybody so everybody kind of knows where we're at. Um, Representative Reschke grew up in Beaverton, graduated from Oregon State with a cum laude honors, earning a bachelor's in business administration with an emphasis on international business, marketing, economics, and German. Jawohl. Uh, <laughs> um, he has uh, been in business for 30 year, or thirty years worth of business experience, owning his own company for the last 17, uh, working in management and marketing for several Fortune 500 companies as well. Uh, in Salem, Representative Reschke serves on four committees uh, within the Oregon House, uh, Revenue Committee, the Joint Committee on Carbon Reduction, Higher Education, uh, Higher Education and the Workforce Committee, and you're the Vice Chair of Energy and Environment, correct? Correct. Okay. Uh, you also just celebrated an anniversary with your wife as well. Back in September, yes. 27 years. Correct. I thought my 17 was a while. <laughs> I hope I got that right now that I said that out loud. <laughs> uh, for uh, Res Representative Reschke's full bio, we have that over on AskKlamath.com. You can check that out. And that's actually where you can check out any previous episodes as well uh, over at AskKlamath.com. Well, is there anything that I missed? No, I think that's a good general introduction. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Um, so we're uh, going to be taking your comments live here in the comments of this show. Uh, if you've got questions for Representative Reschke, get those in. We're going to actually ask your, your questions near the end. We do have a couple of questions. We asked for some ahead of time. We do have a few of those that we're going to address as well. Um, but I do want to mention that this season is sponsored by Fastbreak. And somebody that does get their question asked live on the show will actually get uh, a chance to win a $25 gift card to use at Fastbreak. It's gonna be loaded on a payday rewards card. Uh, but with that said, if there's gonna be a lot of questions, a lot of great questions, maybe some not so great questions, but we're gonna take a look at most of those and try to get as many as we can. If we don't get to yours, please don't take offense. There's gonna be a lot out there. Uh, we can't get to them all. So with that, all that housekeeping out of the way, you ready for some questions? Let's start sure, off. let's go. All right, let's find out who Mr. Reschke is. <laughs> um, so we talked about your bio. Yep. You are the uh, House Representative for District 56, Correct. which is the southern parts of Klamath and Lake County. That's right. Uh, what is your favorite part of District 56? Hmm. That, that's a great question. Uh, 
I would have to say probably the people in House District 56. It, it's an area that has not only just families, but multi-generational families. And I think a great example of that are two events that happen every year. One just happened last Saturday, which was the Klamath Basin Potato Festival. That's just a great time where everybody gets together. There's a fun parade, food, football, booths. And the other one is the uh, Lake County Roundup. And I love that event as well. So those two kind of embody what District 56 is. Okay. If there's anything you would change about District 56, would you change it? And what would it be? Yeah, I, I would probably go with, uh, we need more economic opportunity here. I think we have a great uh, college or university up there with Oregon Tech. We have a great community college. We're churning out students that are ready to go, hungry and eager. We just don't have the jobs for them to stay here. Also, you have folks that go into trade, trade work if they don't go into higher education, and they get a skill, and then they move on. And so uh, I, I'm convinced that more people would stay here if the jobs were here, but they move out because the opportunity is elsewhere. So if I could change one thing, that'd be it, more economic opportunity for uh, those entering the workforce. Okay. And outside of politics, what do you do for leisure? <laughs> Well, I, I'm, I'm a political junkie, so I do what in my off time what I do in my uh, real job, but uh, uh, I will look at national stuff probably more uh, in my off time. I read polls and stuff like that, but when I'm not doing those sorts of things, I'll spend uh, time reading or uh, playing, playing piano. Piano? Yeah. I would have never guessed. Yeah. All right. So... We're going to be talking with Representative Reschke for a little while, asking those uh, more questions, questions that you have to uh, that have, you want answers to. Go ahead and get those into the comments below. Like I said, uh, we are presented by Fastbreak, and somebody is actually going to win a $25 gift card today before we're all said and done, uh, based on asking a question. So with that said, we're actually going to take a quick short break, and we'll be right back with more questions from Representative Reschke. Fuel, refreshment, convenience, community, rewards. Fast Break Convenience Stores with seven basin locations at Madison Chevron, Homedale Fast Break, Merrill Mobile, 97 Chevron, McDole Fuel Good, Washburn Chevron, and Bly Fuel Good. Fast Break, convenience, community, service. Slow down. Slow down and move over. And move over. When you see lights, vests, or reflectors, please give us some room. Slow down and move over. When you need us, we've got your back. You have ours. You got our back? You got ours? You got our back? Please, slow down. And move over. have your car taken to the shop of your choice. So my friend had her car taken to Excel Auto Body because she heard about their reputation for excellent work. They even gave her a written warranty that's good for as long as she owns that car. So Excel Auto Body is a very smart choice. Hi, I'm Rourke, owner of Excel Auto Body. No matter if the damage is minor or major, you'll want to choose us now. So if you are ever in an accident, you'll be ready. And remember, it's your choice what body shop you go to. Choose Excel Auto Body. It's your car, our reputation. 
Hello, friends. Brian Gailey, Klamath Falls News. Welcome back to Ask Klamath. We're joined today by Representative Reschke. Thank you for being here, Representative. Um, this segment is actually brought to you by CrossFit APE, located at 105 North Spring Street. CrossFit APE offers core strength and conditioning program built on consistently varied functional movements executed at a high intensity. Learn more at CrossFit.APE, or excuse me, CrossFitAPE.blogspot.com. CrossFit APE, evolve your lifestyle. So, Mr. Reschke, you ready for some more questions? Sure. All right. So let's actually kind of get into some meat questions. <laughs> but before we do, your bio, we just talked about it a couple minutes ago, said you've had 30 years of business ex experience. Yes. 17, you were the owner, owner of Wrinkle, Wrinkle Dog. Yep. What are you doing now for your primary occupation? Well, that, that, that's a, you know, th this is my primary occupation right now. I, I, I tried to balance Wrinkle Dog and this new job, but this new job is really three jobs in one, and there are three full-time jobs. The, the first job is being a, a state representative and representing roughly 65,000 people in the Oregon legislature. Uh, the second job is being a legislator, so you're, you're writing legislation, you're reading legislation, you're thinking of legislation for the next session. And so that's, that's uh, on and off, but it's a full-time job as well. And then you're on the campaign trail. So uh, that's more on and off, but uh, those three things take uh, full-time plus to do well. Okay. So, so you could put more effort into focusing on those things is why you you went in the direction you That's did, correct. correct. Yeah. 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 Okay. So how has your role in your 30 years of experience of business prepared you for what you do in District 56? Well, to back up, I, I got my undergrad degree uh, at Oregon State in uh, uh, business administration. And so I started there and then I went to work for Georgia Pacific out of college up in Portland uh, as a plywood trader. And this is before, believe it or not, before the days of computers, right? So, so we were on the phone and I don't even know if we had fax machines yet. It was just all phone calls and I had 12 mills, uh, 12 branches on the East Coast. So I had to get into work early, you know, six, seven o'clock uh, to, to take their orders and then call the Western Mills to fulfill their orders. And uh, that's what I did all day um, for, for about nine months. Uh, from there, I went to Tektronix and uh, worked there for about 10 years and was in customer service management and also did a lot of stuff with their web team. And then for about uh, about a year, uh, Xerox purchased Tektronix and so I helped with the transition before I went on to Wrinkle Dog. So I, I got a, a broad view of uh, different type of industry, different types of businesses, uh, different areas within a business, and then with running my own company, as you very well know, you're the jack of all trades. You are. Master of none. <laughs> Well, hopefully you master a few things. We got a master right? a couple, right? You got to master yeah. a couple, but uh, you definitely are a jack of all trades. And so from accounting to, to uh, inventory to managing customers to you just name it, you're, you're the guy. And so I uh, was able to learn all those things. So saying all that, that really prepared me for legislature because I know how the real world, real world works. I know how... Uh, you know, when you're in business, you, you, you don't get to play with funny money or other people's money. You got to play with your own money. So I learned how to live within your means. And uh, that's something that uh, Salem's not very good at right now. Okay. They, they do need some work on that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
so the Klamath Basin, we're actually going to get to a real serious question here. Um, and it, like I said, mm -hmm. uh, all these questions we pretty much have asked your opponent as well. Correct. So if you are interested in what uh, uh, Taylor Tupper had to say on these, go back two weeks, watch uh, the episode where he had the interview with her. And one of the questions we asked her, and I'm going to ask you yeah. the same one. The Klamath Basin, Klamath Basin um, most, most of the area of District 56, has had a long history of issues between the tribes and the farmers, right? There's a, there's a gap there. We can pretty much all agree to that. Uh, do you believe you can close the gap between those parties? And if so, what's your plan to do so? Yeah, good question. And, and uh, first of all, I'd just like to back up and say that I appreciate the format that we're using here today, that it's, uh, it's two candidates, but it's the same set of questions. And it's not a at each other it's just ask a question and get the information out and we talked about that previously but i really appreciate this format for understanding what a candidate uh, believes but to the question of uh, the farmers and tribes and so forth i think the problem really isn't a resource problem i think it's a people problem i think it's a trust problem and unfortunately during the last 50 100 plus years uh, there's been ample opportunity that's been missed to build trust and instead we've created mistrust. And until you can fix that problem, it doesn't matter what you talk about. Somebody's gonna say black, the other person's gonna say white, somebody's gonna say high, somebody's gonna say low, just because there's no trust. And so my job is to be part of the solution. I don't, I'm not arrogant enough to say I've got the answer, but to be trustworthy. And with trust, I've found that you can't necessarily earn it, you can work towards earning it, but eventually somebody has to give you their trust. And so you have to, all you can do is control your behavior and earn trust to a point that they're willing to give it and vice versa. So I think uh, there's been attempts to do that. I think we just need to keep working at it together and not name calling, not uh, calling each other out, but try to get in a room and just start working on what are the issues? What is it that you want? What is it that you want? What is it that you want? And is there common ground that we can find? But, but I, you know, as far as a legislator, I'm trying to find ways to, to help folks in my district, in District 56, without uh, trampling on the rights of others. Okay. Um, now, I do know that there's probably a lot of people out there that would like to be involved in that conversation. It's just getting everybody together at right. the same time to right. have that conversation, yeah. I know, is an issue. Um, so with that, uh, we actually have a question from Kimberly Elliott. Okay. Uh, Kimberly actually asked a similar question to Taylor. Thank you, Kimberly. Uh, what is the legislator doing to alleviate the housing shortage across the state? Well, there's a couple things that I think we should do as a state and then as the local community. And the first thing is to prevent any kind of legislation that involves rent control or pricing control of the market. I think that's the wrong approach. I think. When you do that, you distort the marketplace and you cause more problems than you solve. So I'm, I'm definitely against rent control. But second is our state land use laws need to really be revisited. Um, I don't think they're, uh, they, I think they were created in a time when Oregon wasn't growing like it is. And if you look up north to Bend, and even if you look here and you look in Portland, we are growing as a state and we need land use laws that allow us to expand areas for housing. Uh, an example of this is uh, Eugene in 1972 when the urban growth boundary was put in place. Eugene 
built an urban growth boundary, a circle around uh, their, their city. And the last time that Eugene has changed that urban growth boundary it was 1972, right? So, so some of it falls on the local municipality, but uh, I think the rules that they have to follow are somewhat cumbersome and hard to predict what your growth is going to be and they're not able to go back and adjust. So I think we need to change those laws to make it easier for municipalities to grow at the size that they need to grow or want to grow. Uh, a second thing is I think the permitting process, or the third thing is a permitting process, and I think we need to stop making it a, uh, a profit center, right? So it shouldn't cost you $40,000 to build a house. It should cost you what it, it should cost you far less than that. Uh, my, my father was a, 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 a home builder back in the 80s and 90s and 2000s, and, and he used to just moan and complain about how the fees to build a house kept going up and up and up and up, and the service kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And that's not to say that's the way it is in Klamath, but it's just a symptom of kind of an a, illustration of what can go on. So I want to see us move back to where those budgets aren't, those departments, those building departments aren't funded by fees, but they're funded by the general budget. And then uh, finally, we have a labor shortage. So, uh, you know, it's hard to find construction workers, hide farm plumbers and electricians and so forth to build buildings. And uh, that's why I'm, I'm going to be advocating for KCC, Klamath Community, Co Klamath Community College, just got a new bond or a new, uh, new grant of $8 million to build a building so they can help with the trades. And uh, I'm going to be advocating that we donate that money, you know, that we don't put forth a bond measure, but that we come together as a community and find the $4 million to match the grant so we can do it. I think that's a far better way than, than the bonding process. I'm also in process of introducing some legislation which will change uh, the match depending on where you're located in Oregon. So if you're in an urban area where bond measures pass real quick and there's lots of wealth, it's 50-50. If you're in a mid area, then it's 40-60. Uh, and if you're in an area like Klamath, it would be a two-to-one match from the state to the local community. And I think then we can get you know, participation and, and raise that money so we can build that building so we can create the jobs that are needed to create affordable housing. Okay. So it, that would help in having more affordable housing, yep. getting kind of working your way back to so yep. how do we get there, yep. the jobs through the education. And That's sometimes right. it takes some legislation to get there. Yeah. Yep. Okay. We have a question from Todd Tiford. Todd's question wasn't asked to, uh, to Taylor, just so you guys know. That came in new for, for you. Right. Uh, during the next session, with only a minority in both houses, and I think he means the House and the Senate, the order House and Senate, what can be done to reverse the tax and spend policies of our current governor? Great question, uh, kind of a political wonky question, something I love, but uh, I, I think I'll be able to answer that a lot better uh, after November 6th. So after the election's over, we'll know who we have for governor, we'll know what, how many we have in the House, how many we have in the Senate, uh, as far as Republicans and Democrats. Uh, but assuming everything were to stay the same, let's say we have Governor Brown and it's 25-35 in the House, 25 Republicans to 35 Democrats, and the House has 13 Republicans to 17 Democrats. Assuming that's all the same, um, what we do have right now as Republicans is we have the power to stop taxation. They're one vote short in the House, one vote short in the Senate to be able to pass taxation. Uh, Oregon Constitution requires a 60%, uh, a, uh, two-thirds, uh, two uh, no, it's a 60%, three-fifths majority to get uh, 
a tax law passed. And so they're one vote short, so we can stop that. We can't stop policy, but we can stop tax law. So um, Democrats have been finding clever ways around that requirement. One way is to raise fees, which only requires a majority, they say, and also to take away tax credits, which also raises revenue, but they say that's okay. And really to roll into Ballot Measure 104, that's what Ballot Measure 104 is all about. It's about saying, no, you can't do that without the three-fifths majority that's required by the Constitution. So if everything stays the same, we can stop taxes of of Governor Brown, long as a Republican doesn't join the Democrats. Um, but I think things are going to change. I think they're going to be for the better, and uh, that will be a way to stop uh, additional taxes. Okay. Well, thank you for answering those, Representative Reshke. Yeah. Um, don't forget, get your questions in, and uh, we're going to be asking your questions near the end of the show, your ones that you're asking live uh, on Ask Klamath, presented by Fast Break. And somebody is going to get 25 bucks on a payday rewards card. Guys, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Fuel. Refreshment. Convenience. Community. Rewards. Fast Break Convenience Stores with seven basin locations at Madison Chevron, Homedale Fast Break, Merrill Mobile, 97 Chevron, McDowell Fuel Good, Washburn Chevron, and Bly Fuel Good. Fast Break. Convenience. Community service slow down slow down and move over and move over when you see lights vests or reflectors please give us some room slow down and move over when you need us we've got your back you have ours you got our back you got ours you got our back please slow down and move over have your car taken to the shop of your choice. So my friend had her car taken to Excel Auto Body because she heard about their reputation for excellent work. They even gave her a written warranty that's good for as long as she owns that car. So Excel Auto Body is a very smart choice. Hi, I'm Rourke, owner of Excel Auto Body. No matter if the damage is minor or major, you'll want to choose us now. So if you are ever in an accident, you'll be ready. And remember, it's your choice what body shop you go to. Choose Excel Auto Body. It's your car, our reputation. Hello, friends. Brian Gilly here, Klamath Falls News. Welcome back to Ask Klamath, presented by Fast Break. Our guest today, Representative Reschke, District 56 of the Oregon House. Uh, this segment's actually brought to you by the Klamath County Fairgrounds. Happening this weekend, they've actually got quite a bit. The uh, Fall Auction, the Spooktacular Open Horse Show, sponsored by the Klamath County 4-H, uh, and the Basin Bombers are back, too. Uh, the auction is uh, Saturday, starts at 10 o'clock with a preview at a Friday afternoon. The auction will stop promptly at 10 a.m. Saturday. Some items including tractors, balers, welders, implements, vehicles, government surplus, wow. hey. <laughs> estate items, and more are added daily. Visit DupreeAuctioneers.com for a current list and uh, learn about what the fairgrounds can do for you and what they've got going on all the time at kcfairgrounds.org. Uh, special thanks to the fairgrounds for being a sponsor here today. Uh, Representative Reshke, you ready for some more questions? Please. All right. You so bet. we have a lot of hot button topics, if you would, okay. uh, here in the basin. And basically, I'd just like to get your kind of your take on some of these. Uh, your stance on the following issues that include uh, the Jordan Cove pipeline, 
water, fish, and the ESA. They're kind of all tied together. Marijuana, economic development, climate control, or excuse me, climate change, taxes, and gun control. I was getting all kind of tongue-tied right there. We actually asked these same questions to your opponent, Taylor, last mm -hmm. two weeks ago. If you want to know her answers, check that out. We're going to have uh, on the rebroadcast, we'll have a, a link in the bottom where you can check that out as well. So, uh, Representative Reschke, where... Where are you on some of these things, starting with, the, say, Jordan Cove? Jordan Cove Pipeline, I, I, I'm a yes on it. I've been in favor of it from the beginning. And uh, it's a once-in-a-lifetime economic development opportunity. If you could tell a community that they would reap somewhere between $6 million and $12 million in county, new county taxes by something going under the ground that they'll probably never see in their lifetime again, I think every county in America would be saying, sign us up. So I think it's really a no-brainer in that sense. It's going to create jobs, a lot of construction jobs, and I know that they're going to be, some of those will be temporary jobs, but as, as a restaurant owner or as a hotel or as a, a gift shop owner or whatever your business is in Klamath, uh, the fact that there's going to be more people in town and more people around the area, uh, would you rather have a bump in revenue or just the same revenue, you know? So in business, Revenue comes and goes. It doesn't come steady and just keep going up. It comes in cycles. So this is an opportunity to collect more money uh, as a business and maybe save it away for a rainy day. Uh, and so that, that's, that's a big benefit. Or invest in something to expand your business. So uh, as far as the pipeline, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big yes. I think it's going to be, it's going to solve a lot of problems, especially at the county level and the city level as far as funding. Okay. Um, some are concerned about the cost benefit of the mm -hmm. pipeline, meaning uh, the cost to say environment or if there's a catastrophic failure okay. or something like that. Is, how, what's your thoughts on that? I think it's a little bit of fear mongering. I think you have to realize that we just finished the Ruby pipeline that came from uh, uh, Wyoming or Utah into Malin. It was finished, I think, in 2013. None of these arguments were being brought up then. Uh, and it connected to a pipeline that's been in the ground for 50, 60 years, has been going north-south uh, for a long time. And again, those arguments aren't brought up again. So I think we're better at building pipelines than we were 50 and 60 years ago. I think we're more careful for the environment than we were 50 and 60 years ago. And so I think that's, it's, uh, it, it's conjuring up fear. What if, what if, what if, what if? You need to think through those things, but I think it shouldn't de stop development. Okay. Uh, what about water, fish, and ESA? Well, why don't you give me an easier question, no, a harder question, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know if they come more loaded. That's a loaded question. And I'll just start by saying it's complicated in the sense that uh, in House District 56, uh, this district does not encompass the lake and it does not encompass the upper Klamath Basin. And so those are, are the upper Klamath Basin, as far as like the Sprague River, the Wood River and stuff, they are in House District 55, which is Representative Mike McLean's territory. The lake is a federal state kind of mixture. And then House District 56 has the project, which is a, a, a kind of federal, it's a federally run, but it's got state water laws. So it gets really complicated. And so so my, my role is House District 56, so I'm focused primarily on the project. And so I'm advocating for project farmers, advocating for water for them. But at the same time, I'm mindful that this is an interconnected system and it doesn't just stop at the Oregon border, it goes into California as well. And so 
while I'm working for farmers and ranchers uh, to make sure that they have adequate water to run their businesses, I'm also trying to be mindful of uh, all the other uh, issues on the table as far as fish, endangered species, and so forth. I think uh, uh, gone fishing is a great example of what folks in District 56, not that I thought of this, but they're in District 56, are doing with the sucker fishes to uh, try to uh, help the population stabilize so they can figure out what the causes of the declining population. So I think that's a great example of spanning beyond boundaries and trying to find a, a real world solution. So I, I'm, again, that, that's kind of where I sit on those issues. Okay. Uh, Representative Reshi talks about gone fishing. Gone fishing is actually a, a, a program in the uh, uh, off Lower Klamath Lake Road where they're rearing sucker fish. They're, they're collecting them after spawn and then they're able to raise them. Uh, a lot of the issues that are happening right now with the sucker is that uh, they're not making a mature uh, level to be able to reproduce on their own. So they're helping them get past that point at which there's uh, a fish die off Yeah, uh, until they can figure out that point. We've got more information on that on cloudfallsnews.org. Just search Gone Fishing. You can find more on that. That would be a good guest for a future program. Actually. It is actually. They're on my short list. All right. Very I'd good. I'd love to talk to them more right. about what they're yeah, doing. No, it's great. It's a great thing. So, um, one of the hot topics in the city, mm -hmm. which the city is part of District right. 56, is the split on the rec recreational marijuana. Where, where are you at on that one? I'm, I'm a no on recreational marijuana, a yes on medical marijuana. So I think that uh, uh, when Oregon voters voted in 20, I think it was 2014, to legalize marijuana, they didn't have enough data. I'd like to see us revisit it at some time, but uh, until then, I really don't want Klamath to follow Medford or Salem or Bend in this regard. Uh, and, and my reasons are threefold. First of all, health. Uh, well, first of all, if you legalize it, you legitimize it. If you, if you make it available, it will be used more. And uh, studies on like the brain show that until age 25, a male brain is not fully developed. And marijuana has a significant impact on the IQ of a young male who smokes before just 50 marijuana joints before the age of 25 can drop their IQ by 10 points. So it's a significant uh, health factor. Plus the marijuana grown today is not your father's marijuana. It's not the marijuana from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. It's completely more potent. So it's seven to 10 times more potent with the THC, uh, the hallucinogenic part of the, the plant. And I just think that this is, this is a bad thing, especially when we're having, we're, we're struggling getting our students to graduate high school to making this more available, more readily, more acceptable in society. I know you can't sell to minors, but if you make it available to adults, it's gonna to get to minors a lot easier. Um, so health is one thing. The second one is safety. There's been some studies done and some data on DUIs. So while state DUIs have decreased by 30% since 2011, uh, in Salem, where they have done what we're is on the ballot, uh, made it uh, the retail shops and distribution. Uh, DUIs have gone up over 50%. In Bend, it's over 10%. And so I think a policy that says we want to make our streets more dangerous is, is a bad way to go. And then finally, just children. I think, uh, you know, I, I think it's just a bad message to send to children. So, uh, you know, for those reasons, health and safety, and f I'll say for the kids, I think it's it, it's a it's a bad message. I think uh, 
I think mar recreational marijuana is a bad thing for Oregon. I think the data will show it and prove it out, but I think we're going to have to go through a hard learning curve. Okay. So we're going to be asking, uh, like I said we're, earlier, we're going to be asking your questions. We're watching here on their stream to uh, see those questions come in. Now's a great time to do that. Uh, we actually have a couple more bullet points here to go over Okay. while we wait for some questions to come in. Uh, economic development. We're, we're, you you kind of mm -hmm. touched on it earlier yeah. about the affordable housing, yep. right? But where are you about uh, economic development here in the basin? In, in growth and things like that. That's great. Well, growth I'm for. I, I, I don't like the term economic development. I know it's the buzzword, it's the catchword. I prefer the term economic opportunity. So economic development always has a an arm of government that's in the mix, twisting and turning the market. I prefer economic opportunity where government actually backs out or provides maybe a tax incentive for business to grow organically and naturally. I think the private sector uh, can do a much better job at filling needs in a community than central planners in a room uh, who happen to be elected or not. So, uh, you know, I, I mentioned the Jordan Cove pipeline as an economic development opportunity just because that's the buzzword. But really, government's not directing that. This is private enterprise saying we need to get our uh, natural gas from here to here and we're going to go through your area. How do we do that so they work with government? But government's not the driver on that. We don't have a government committee saying these are the places. So uh, I, I'm, I'm all for growth. I'm all for economic opportunity. Uh, economic development, I'm, I'm less keen on if defined as central planning. Okay. Um, climate change. Yes, climate is changing. <laughs> Climate's been changing before I was here and it will change after I was here. The question in my mind, and just so you know, I think you mentioned it earlier, I'm on the, uh, the Joint Committee for Carbon Reduction. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm up to my eyeballs in, in data on this. Uh, the question is whether it's man-made or woman-made uh, climate change or if it's just naturally occurring because it's naturally occurring. Um, I'm going to spare you and your audience the, the, uh, my long diatribe on what that is, but just say that Oregon only produces 0.14% of all the carbon in the world. So it's not 1%, it's not 0.5%, it's 0.14%. And when a climatologist, the top climatologist was asked that in committee in June, uh, we said if we went to climate zero tomorrow, Oregon was climate uh, carbon neutral tomorrow. So as much carbon as we produced, we were able to sequester or we just didn't produce any carbon at all. What would that do on the climate? And he said the change would be imperceptible. So all this effort to reduce carbon, I think, is, is a, a kind of a missed, um, mixed up priority for Oregon. I think the last opportunity, the last bill they brought in 2018, uh, my colleagues on the other side of the aisle, would have cost Oregonians $700 million a year to just change, move the needle on carbon production just a little bit. And uh, that's just where they're going to start. So the ideas of cap and trade or carbon taxes, I just am I'm not a big fan of those. Again, because if we're not affecting the climate, which is the end goal, then we're just doing a lot of, bu lot of busy work and it's costing Oregonians money. So that measurement that you mentioned, the 0.14%, yeah. is that just like in commercial, like plants and, and things like That's that? Transportation, does, it's everything. Does that account for, say, the wildfires that we had to deal with this summer? 
I don't think it counts the wildfires, correct. So if you were to add the wildfires, we might be more. And uh, just for the record, I'm, I'm against wildfires. I think we all are against wildfires. <laughs> uh, uncontrollable yeah. wildfires. Uh, is that being talked about inside your committee at all? Not very much. Okay. Uh, again, my site doesn't control the committee, so uh, we, we try to make that point, but uh, uh, it seems to fall on deaf ears right now. Okay. I think here in, in soon that that'll probably be changing. Yes. There's a lot of people that kind of got uh, affected by the, the smoke and the and yeah. everything this year. Yeah. Heck, we still got one burning over outside of Grants Pass that's been burning since the middle of June. Wow. So uh, it's it's used to be not in my backyard type, type mentality. Right, right. Now it's in everybody's backyard. It's, well, quite, so. it, the thing with fires that was rather interesting is we didn't really, for except for a sh few smaller ones we didn't have the big fires here but we seem to be the depository for all the smoke mm -hmm. you know so so it didn't matter whether it was in grants pass or california it just seemed the winds brought it to klamath and then it dispersed out yeah uh so moving on taxes thought on taxes more or less would you would you add more would you see better spending <laughs> on what we already have if i were king for one day right yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing uh <laughs> well i think our fiscal problems in salem don't stem from the revenue side of the ledger, but from the spending side. And uh, part of my thinking on that is Salem continues to bring in record revenue at each biennium. So since 2011, it was record revenue, 2013 record, 2015 record, 2017 record, 2019, again, record revenue. And yet we always seem to be $1.5 billion short in our budget. So that means something's going on on the other side of the ledger, the spending side of the ledger. And if you look at that, it is just skyrocketing north. So I don't think you can tax your way into prosperity. I don't think we can tax our way to solve this problem. I think those are Band-Aid issues. I think we really need to get a hold on spending. And uh, the big uh, elephant in the room on that one is PERS, the Public Employee Retirement System. And so I've been an advocate since I started running for this job that we have to tackle that problem. Do I have the answer? Probably not, but we need to get in a room and start talking about it. We're not even doing that. So as PERS continues to grow and gobble up budgets like education, like public safety, like health care, um, these, these services are getting squeezed, not because they're not doing a good job with their money. It's because PERS continues to eat more and more and more of their budget. Okay, good to know. Is there any others? Uh, that are like that with PERS, you know, that are large chunks of spending? I think right behind it, but not as serious, but it's still behind it, and we'll be dealing with it again in 2019, is uh, health care. So uh, we have uh, the CCO model, and, uh, and that, that that's, seems to be working, but costs continue to start spiraling out of control. And so... Uh, from a Medicaid standpoint, we're going to have to look at that. How do we address that? And not only that, how do we compensate uh, uh, state employees? Do they get the Cadillac plan or they get the, the, the average Joe plan? And I think we need to really look at uh, having employees contribute more to their plans. But uh, those are discussions to be had by folks in health care. I'm not in the health care committee. I just... Uh, throw my ideas in there and watch what comes out. And if it's good, I'll vote for it. And if it's uh, harmful for Oregonians, then I'll stand against it. Okay, good to know. The last bullet point and kind of hot button topic is gun control. Right. Well, uh, I think, you know, gun control comes up and it usually 
ebbs and flows. And so if there's a mass shooting, then it, then it ebbs quite a bit, and it's a talking point, and the guns are always blamed. But I don't, you know, just like the uh, water issue, I don't think it's a, a resource problem. Guns, I don't think it's a gun problem. I think it's a people problem. And uh, it's, it's people who are unstable and evil with guns. When you pass gun control, really what you're saying is, we're gonna punish the law-abiding citizens with guns, and we're, we're hoping that the bad guys will also follow along in these new laws. I think we have enough laws in the books right now. What we need to do is just enforce them, and uh, there's some programs coming up, possibly in the 2020 ballot, that will deal with uh, gun safety, which is, I think, woefully inadequate right now as far as education, and I think that should be in our schools. Okay. Interesting thought. Yeah. I'm sure there's a few out there that wouldn't uh, agree with that. No, they could opt out. But, but it's an interesting yeah, thought. Sure. You know, um, kind of separation. Of church, I think To me, uh, uh, the first mm -hmm. thing is like, well, church and state, mm -hmm. guns and state. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Um, but an interesting, interesting yeah. thing. I'd like to see where that's going to go. Sure. So, guys... That's a quick rundown of some of the biggest topics right now with uh, uh, Representative Reschke. Uh, we're going to take a break in a moment, but I want to remind you once again that this show is brought to you by Fast Break. It's presented by Fast Break. And somebody that asked a question today is actually going to get a $25 uh, payday rewards card that you can spend at any other stores. Uh, Representative Reschke, you ready for a break? Break sounds great. Let's take a break. Guys, we'll be right back. Fuel. Refreshment. Convenience, community, rewards. Fast Break Convenience Stores with seven basin locations at Madison Chevron, Homedale Fast Break, Merrill Mobile, 97 Chevron, McDole Fuel Good, Washburn Chevron, and Bly Fuel Good. Fast Break, convenience, community, service. Slow down. Slow down and move over. And move over. When you see lights, vests, or reflectors, please give us some room. Slow down and move over. When you need us, we've got your back. You have ours. You got our back? You got ours? You got our back? Please, slow down. And move over. have your car taken to the shop of your choice. So my friend had her car taken to Excel Auto Body because she heard about their reputation for excellent work. They even gave her a written warranty that's good for as long as she owns that car. So Excel Auto Body is a very smart choice. Hi, I'm Rourke, owner of Excel Auto Body. No matter if the damage is minor or major, you'll want to choose us now. So if you are ever in an accident, you'll be ready. And remember, it's your choice what body shop you go to. Choose Excel Auto Body. It's your car, our reputation. Hello, friends. Brian Gailey, Klamath Falls News. Welcome back to Ask Klamath. This is our Ask Me Anything style talk show. Today's guest is uh, Representative E. Warner Reschke. Thank you for being here, Warner. Thank you. Um, this section is actually brought to you by Shasta Family Dental. Dr. Mindy Brown has created a team of individuals that hold high value in family, community, honesty, integrity, and compassion. Sounds like she's running for office. They provide quality, compassionate dental care and trust through respect with their patients. 
Uh, they care for you and the community. Shasta Family Dental is located across from the police department on Shasta Way. Learn more at ShastaFamilyDental.com or call 541-884-5474. Uh, and I have to say, Dr. Browns does great work. She's uh, worked with my children as well. My son got injured in a football game, uh, football mm-hmm. practice or PE or something. I don't exactly remember. Uh, knocked out his tooth. She was able to take care of it. Mm-hmm. So, not not history. No. It wasn't history or math or something. No, it was, it was a physical thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, guys, don't forget, we're going to be asking your live questions uh, for uh, Representative Reschke on the show. Uh, and one of you is going to get a payday rewards card. So get your questions in. Uh, before we get to those, though, Werner, what's on your mind today? Well, uh, I, first of all, again, I want to say thanks for having me on. You're this, welcome. This thanks is, for being this here. This is a neat format. Uh, it's unique, I think, not only just to Klamath County, but I think to much of Oregon. So, and again, I appreciate the format as far as uh, having candidates on, but not at the same time, not making it a debate or contentious, but just trying to draw out what does a candidate believe, what do they think, uh, and then let the voters decide. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I guess my 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 point I want to go away with is that, that I have broad support in this district. Um, I'm endorsed by numerous organizations, statewide organizations, from Oregon Right to Life to the NRA to Oregon Chiefs of Police to the Oregon Sheriff's Association, uh, the Home, Home Builders Association of Oregon, Oregon Farm Bureau, the National Federation of Independent Businesses, and the Oregon Taxpayers Association. So from business to farming to guns to life, Liberty, all that good stuff. Uh, I have the endorsements of those organizations saying this is our person that we want to see in Salem. Uh, but but it also shows itself up in uh, on the ballot in that I'm not just running as a Republican. I'm running for the Republican Party, the Libertarian Party, and the Independent Party. So in the primary, I ran as a Republican, and when I won, I got notes from the Independent Party and, and Libertarian Party wanting me to be their candidate as well. And I was glad to accept those, and so I'm running on all three of those uh, party platforms. So that, again, shows just kind of a different way to slice it, but that I have broad support from those in District 56. Very good. Uh, is there, you mentioned a little bit earlier about uh, when we were talking housing and, and KCC and yeah. the bond and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, that's one of the things you want to take to Salem. Is there anything that you're wanting to take to Salem if, if reelected that you want to do uh, this coming uh, session. I, I think my takeaway item is uh, if, if I could do a mic drop, right? If I could do one thing and then be done, it would be, uh, uh, it would be to get commercial air service here to Klamath Falls again. And not just commercial air service, good, consistent, long-term commercial air service, something like Horizon Air. Uh, that's going to take a lot of work. I know there's folks at the airport and the city uh, Klamath Economic Development Association, the Chamber, all working on that. Um, I've been looking for ways to find money in Salem to uh, bring back for rural airports, because not only do we have that problem, but Coos Bay has that problem, and uh, Pendleton has that problem to uh, some extent. So it's kind of rural Oregon is suffering, while Portland and Eugene and uh, these other large municipalities, even Medford over the hill, uh, are, are, are growing leaps and bounds economically, we're kind of stuck at this plateau because we don't have commercial air service. Uh, one such fund right now, I know in transportation, we spend, uh, the state of Oregon spends $18 million of taxpayer dollars for rail service, passenger rail service. And I think to subsidize it, I think that's an okay idea if we lived in 1918. 
but we live in 2018. And so I think that a better spend of that money, if we're going to subsidize traffic, would be to do that for air service for rural airports. Um, there's also some other ideas, but uh, that's we're just I'm just looking for the places that we're currently spending money and maybe not spending it in the wisest way that will help the residents of District 56. Okay. So taking a look here at some of the comments and questions that we've had come through, um, I'm actually seeing a few comments. I have not seen any live questions just yet. So guys, this is your last chance. Get your questions in. Um, earlier I mentioned how long I was married. My wife has publicly corrected me. <laughs> it is 18. Um, you just lose count after so long. But ladies, I know that's not an excuse. Uh, Judy Williamson says, hello. Ah, hello. Uh, and Suzette Cup Hester says, it's not the way of Klamath, although I'm not quite sure what your comment is in reference to. So uh, if you'd like a little more clarification, go ahead and type that up. I'd like to know. Um, but not seeing any new comments, we actually had two uh, good comments that came through a little while ago. I actually thrown the names to the side. Uh, have we'll have here. to dig those out. Oh, there we go. You got Kimberly your notes. And Todd. So we have uh, Kimberly who asked about the housing and Todd who asked about the tax and spend policies. Representative, you actually have an opportunity. Is there to one weigh in, I have to vote. Huh? You have to vote. Is there one of those <laughs> that jumped out to you? Well, I know Kimberly uh, won it with when my opponent was on the show correct because she was the only question i think that, i believe so yeah so, so i'm gonna i'm some gonna, of these we do better than others on the right. questions so, so I'll, I'll go with todd this time to balance it out todd's getting it this time all right todd watch for your mail in your uh, facebook inbox i'll be sending you a message on how to get your 25 dollars payday rewards card so with that anything else no i'm, I'm just throwing I'm papers off <laughs> the side now They're just hitting the floor uh, so thank you, Representative Reschke, for yeah, being here. You bet. I appreciate it. Uh, today's guest on Ask Klamath presented by Fast Break. Uh, congrats to our winner, Todd. Todd, again, I'm going to be in, in contact with you on how to get that uh, over to you. Uh, Ask Klamath is a production of Klamath Falls News. It's hosted by myself, Brian Gailey, the publisher of Klamath Falls News. It's also produced off camera over there is Damian Johnson, uh, intern. Hey, Damian, there he is. Um, he monitors the audio, switches the camera, makes us all look good. So I appreciate that. If you did not catch the entire live broadcast, Facebooks will do their magic, and you'll be able to watch the whole thing in replay mode uh, anytime. And you can also catch up on any of season one or season two. This is uh, our second season, halfway through our second season on Ask Klamath. Uh, you can check that out, askklamath.com. Uh, if you've been entertained, you learned something, give it a like, share it. Um, you know, let all your friends and family know. Uh, next week, we do this every Wednesday at 4 o'clock uh, live. You can, like I said, check the replays. But next week, sitting in the chair, will be Commissioner Derek DeGroote. Um, on behalf of Representative Reschke, I'm Brian Geely. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you around the basin. Go vote. <laughs>